Hello everyone and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast brought to you today by our wonderful Patreons and supported by incredible affiliates. You can check them out in the links below. My name is Andrew Groves and I'm here with my very good friend, Matt Hornby. Hi everybody. Matthew, who are we investigating today? <laughs> investigating <laughs> with our big magnifying glass. Um, today... This episode is all about Phoebe Bridges. The very awesome, I guess I was going to say singer-songwriter, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, do for, that doesn't really reflect musical style, but I still think it's accurate. She is a singer and she's a songwriter. She writes songs and sings with her mouth. She does sings with her mouth, um, as, a, <laughs> as opposed to other body parts. Um, the elbow. Um, yeah, no, she... And guitar player, sorry, I should have mentioned. Yeah, you know what? I just was thinking there is often a lot of other like pianos and stuff like that. I actually don't know if she kind of dabbles in in that sense uh, as far as like other than guitar. I don't think I've seen her play anything else, but bless her. I don't think she needs to. I think she does just as just what she needs to. I know. Yeah. Ticks, ticks that box and ticks it well. So. How do you know Phoebe Bridges, Andrew? Well, I think actually I know Phoebe Bridges. How actually no, actually no, that's a lie. But I, I, Phoebe Bridges has been brought into my life in a similar way that it has probably been at least strengthened. Sure. In your, um, in your life, kind of like, kind of like, um, like a protest on the way to work. Like every day you're trying to just get to work and there's just someone there protesting every day. And, you know, maybe the first day you just read the sign and then, you know, five days in, maybe, you, you know, like, you know, oh, do you want a sandwich? You, you look, you know, hungry or something. And then like you end up starting a conversation and then before you know it, you're married to them and they're in your house um, protesting outside your bedroom. Um, yeah, and, and just, you're there with them. Yeah, and they're and they're just pummeling you with information like um and that was so you're saying so you're saying you've been you, you like you now know of phoebe bridges due to being kind of beaten into submission by you know people around you yes Na so names names are names <laughs> yeah 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 i will protect them um <laughs> we'll protect them as a whistleblower um uh no we all credit for this episode really should go to our incredible Discord and uh, the amount of music that kind of is just sort of forced upon you um, through passion and just just sheer will and determination. There are so many artists and no one wants to feel like they're that guy. I, I particularly have a, an annoyance for when you've recommended an artist to someone and then eventually five years later you're on your deathbed and they're like oh my god I know you're about to die but I just checked out this band you're like oh get I'm out of it I'm checking out I've been telling you for five years I've got multiple people people in my life that fulfill that role and I tell them about artists and then they come back to me years later and it's their new favorite band I was like I've been telling you about that artist for ages mm -hmm. and in this case I was that I'm a walking, talking hypocrite. I was that guy. Um, the lovely Anne from our Discord, um, moderator extraordinaire, she has been pushing Phoebe Bridges on all of us um, just with a constant pressure and constant kind of just enthusiasm and just love for the game. Mm -hmm. And... I think it was maybe in one of the play, like the playlist parties that we would used to have after our um, podcast. That I think I would have said it's probably I know the end. I think is probably the track that's probably most responsible and probably the gateway drug for most most people in that in our in our little community anyway. Um, and having heard that track, and I think then. Um, uh, obviously this was kind of peak COVID. Um, I think she did a live performance or a live kind of pseudo real performance. Um, I don't know which American chat show host 
It could be Jimmy Fallon. It could be the other Jimmy Kimmel. Is that the one where she smashed a guitar? It's the one where she's kind of like ends up performing um, like in an old cinema type oh, thing right. at the end of it. it. And she goes up a, an elevator um, and, and then the band are kind of there. But it, I remember seeing that video and that then, as we've often spoken about, this kind of triangulation effect where it's like someone brings it up and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And then you see it somewhere and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then one other thing comes along and you're like, okay, I'm on board. It's time to check it out. Um, and yeah. And, and then back, I came cap in hand sort of <laughs> begging for mercy and, and just, and just, you know, had my, had my sword ready to gut myself. How wrong, how wrong was I, um, to ignore, um, this protester in my life. And I, you know, we, we didn't listen. We didn't listen, Matt. So I, I, I mean, I did. Okay. <laughs> just, okay, Matt listened. Everybody, just sorry, Matt listened. Just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a, I'm just, a, I'm leaving okay, the team. Okay, everyone else was wrong, uh, but Matt, Matt listened. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, you know that I'm, I'm I did the, my homework. I did my homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I don't need detention like everyone else. No, I'm, no. I'm, good, I'm a good boy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a friend of mine from the US of A, mm. probably about, I want to say, like six years ago, maybe. Okay. Maybe f- so. Quite a while ago, mm. maybe five. I don't know. Told me is very into great music, and so I was like, hit me up with some people I should be checking out. Mm. And Phoebe Bridges was on said list, and so I checked out the first album. Which actually, it can't have been, it must have been after 2017, because I think that's when it came out. Stranger in the Alps. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I was like hot on that one. And yeah, and then, you know, loved it ever since. I actually really like the first album and uh, listened to it quite a lot over those like few years. Um, it's really good. But then, yes, reinvigorated by this lovely podcast and mm. the enthusiasm surrounding Punisher, second record. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. They're a little bit different, I guess, those records. But the, yeah, the first one has a special place in my heart for being, okay. I don't know. That's, it's, it's, it's like, it's a little more simple, I guess little more kind of I don't even know what genre wise what are we talking here by the way oh I think I think uh, personally I think one of her great assets to her songwriting is the inclusion and kind of the openness to something or an element or a style or even just a moment that's quite unconventional or maybe a little bit left field. There are some very traditional elements and Mm -hmm. there is definitely a, um, certainly kind of her, her sort of musical, collaborators and and what have you there's a there's a kind of a nashville element there in that in that and and a training and a and a in and an ear for sure um but then also there are just yeah these incredible esoteric elements and and kind of um and i think that's uh, makes it quite hard to pinhole and makes her also that bit more than just a kind of singer songwriter acoustic guitar Mm-hmm. They they all stand up on that level, but there's just this, yeah, there's just this, this very, very natural, very textural production style, um, courtesy of the lovely Tony Berg and Ethan Grusker, who are seemingly geniuses in their own right. Um, ironically, coming up to us discussing this, 
I ended up falling into a huge rabbit hole about their production. Yeah. So I have much to say right, about okay. that. Um, being, I, I was being, I was just so in love with the production on um, Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, there there are band elements on there. I think I know mm-hmm. the end certainly seemed to appeal to our audience, as there is this kind of big sort of Phrygian major harmonic minor like melody, big screamy, shouty, big rock band ending, but with a trumpet. Um, and, you know, this kind of great crescendo. And I think that obviously will appeals to our rock sensibilities. Mm-hmm. But then some of the songs, uh, you know, songs like Garden Song and stuff like that, like incredibly kind of lo-fi and got this kind of just driving little beat to them. Some of them can be quite jovial. Some of them can have a, you know, a bit of a summer, you know, kind of indie, even stoner rock-like feel to them. It's quite broad, I think. Oh, actually, yeah, the word indie hadn't come to me because I was like, I'm stuck with this and someone's probably going to hate me for saying this, but like, I don't even know if this is, this is a real genre. doesn't matter. But hipster folk, that's kind of... <laughs> That's sure. maybe that's not maybe that's not it because it's sure. not really folk, is it? But there's it's folk like elements. But it's there's a, and I think maybe it comes across in her lyrics more than anything because the lyrics are kind of very everyday, mm. uh, very good. This isn't this isn't a, I, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, let me let me caveat here. Go on. Easily, easily, my favorite lyricist of all time by. Really? So far. And I would say just before Punisher, maybe a perfect album, in my opinion. Wow. Okay, that's big, big, big ups. Yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe it's the lyrical content I'm kind of getting at. Because mm. the lyrical content is very now. Yeah. It's very it's very current. And um, I was thinking earlier, it'd be really interesting to see how it ages. Um, but it's very clever as well. Like the way she talks about... Uh, I don't know. Just, just she presents like settings and moments very well, mm. um, and yeah, I really enjoy it. But there is, it's very hip. That's yes. kind of yes. my thing. Yeah, it's very. You could, you could. I'm sure people listen to it with their skinny lattes and big beers or whatever. Well, like yeah, us. I, th- <laughs> I think, I think it's a tough. Like, you know, it's kind of. It's a hard thing to pin, because. You're right. And that is a flavour. But I think the negative connotations of it, if if there is, if you know what I'm saying, as in, you know, people... I'm sure we're hipsters, secretly. I don't know. I don't know where that... It's like being a millennial. I don't know where those things kind of really begin or end. But... Yeah, it's a, I I think it's a style that is attributed to a culture or a cultural element, but I think that the, I'm trying to think of a good example here, kind of like if you were at the very forefront of a genre mm-hmm. and that genre had a negative connotation to it in any sense because of what happened after, that reflects badly on you even though you're the person doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like... It's, it's kind of like... If you're like, Beyonce uh, and then there's Beyonce cover bands everywhere. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like do they remember, make your remember, music less. You know? Do you remember the term, I guess, the term landfill indie, which came along in the early 2000s? No. When it, like, Arctic Monkeys and Strokes kind of came out and then everyone followed and kind of sure. copycats. Sure, Which, I guess, you, you'd lump uh, Arctic Monkeys at that time in, in that kind of thing. Now mm. you think slightly differently because they're, they're big and have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, same kind of vibe, same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Because she... Is she at the forefront of stuff? I don't really have her... I don't know her world, particularly. I I mean, in retro... Like, let, let's start here, maybe. She's not been around for very long, 
in her own right. And two albums, two full albums to her name, lots of singles, um, and kind of kind of seeming sort of one-off type things that I've actually not, I'm not that aware of. Um, I came in at Punisher and then have subsequently kind of gone back um, mm. to Stranger in the Alps. Um, so she's not been around that long. And I'm not sure entirely of the kind of, I don't remember reading the effect of Stranger in the Alps at the time, but when Punisher came out, to me, it felt like the whole world kind of was like, oh my God. And then right. subsequently from there, everyone has kind of strived for that, you know. Um, the the quality of the songwriting is, is nigh on, in my opinion, nigh on impossible to, to beat like that. Punisher record I was looking for the playlist I honestly would struggle to pick one song over the others fair but then you know I'm biased maybe in that that album just came at the perfect time in my life I was going on lots of road trips and you know exploring Iceland here with my wife and that album was just on repeat all the time I bought it on vinyl I got every version of it I could and lyrically, I mean, for, I'm never really someone who is has that much of an ear on the lyric. But personally, I, I yeah, I think I think what she does really well, and not too dissimilar from our discussion from Everything Everything, is that she kind of combines topics and kind of sort of is very playful with their similarities and. Um, you know, kind of in the same way I was saying, like with everything, everything, I got to heaven and wondered where did I park my car? Like it's kind of, there's a, a kind of a, a cultural reference there and there is also kind of a narrative there and there's also a time and and place. And, and you know, in the same way that, you know, sort of post-Trump, there's kind of a lot of, or during Trump, I suppose, moving. But that kind of, this kind of turmoil, political turmoil, there's a lot of like lyrics of the now that, uh, you know, referencing some, you know, oh, there's a baby in office or something. Do you know that, this kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These kinds of she, I also read. I also read something where she said that, um, you know, I think, thinking how you, how you, how, about how you feel during the apocalypse or something like mm, that. Mm, mm. You know, like kind of small things in the context of big things, yeah. you know, uh, and that kind of idea of perspective kind of thing. And yeah, it is very playful as well. And and suggestive and kind of leads you. There's like some drug references in there which aren't explicit. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's very yeah, it's very clever writing style. And it, it it like again, I'm not a lyric guy, but it picks it picks up. You pick up on it. Do you know what I mean? It's There's very, space for it. it. it there is space for it. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it really catches your ear. Um, yeah, it's definitely a production. It? Like that's one. What is so great about the production? is that mm. the lyrics are, you know, there to, to shine. Um, mm. And and literally, over the last few days, um, fell into a little rabbit hole of interviews with the people who produced, just because, again, I, I, I personally see the, I've definitely used the production as a reference, you know, even with my own work or working with other people. Like it, It's an amazing production style. It's very inventive. Uh, mm. uh, there's a lot of kind of, very traditional elements marred with very, you know, um, very modern processing and, and kind of um, uh, lots of kind of modern techniques applied to very traditional elements and even the way they're treated and the way the voices are treated. But it's still very much angled towards her being in the room with you and having, you know, and you can, the, the, the main sort of thematic idea being that she is, talking directly to you and everything else is kind of a, a noise around it. And the production is very much angled that way, very intentionally. Even uh, I was reading about the production of Garden Song, that there is uh, running that through a plugin, which is basically sort of degrading it to sort of MP3 standards. So recording all this right. stuff very nicely. And the production techniques having, you know, mixing wet and dry guitars, um, uh, uh, using uh, like rubber... Uh, like rubber um, bridges on the guitars again to get that kind of really muted sound. Um, oh, cool! Uh, 
there's loads of stuff going on there and then kind of is essentially sort of degraded and held back by um yeah essentially what is kind of a kind of an like a almost like a digital sample rate sort of degrading uh, uh, plugin with yeah. the intention being that her voice is the one thing that is super HD with a beautiful microphone, sure, sure. really upfront, really clean. She doubles a lot of her vocals. So again, it's like... That's when you get the, the word lo-fi always keeps popping out to yeah. me. And uh, that's, I guess that's that. Yeah. yeah and, and, but it, it, like I say, it enables those things. What's great is that they, as a producer, that they embrace that and that they, the lyrics are just, I think, so special and so poignant and they really what's kind of great is they almost read like like a great script like seemingly they're full of um quotes and kind of circumstances that kind of seem like they you don't need to have been present the the comments remain the same i, I think like um again that lyric I always think about is like uh, somewhere in Germany but I can't place it man I hate this part of Texas and apparently that yeah, was something yeah. that her road manager used to say wherever they were as like a joke but to include that in the lyric like you don't need to know that part of the story there's you just kind of get it and 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 maybe that's maybe that's why it is of the now that us and where we're at culturally and where we're what we're aware of in, in our particular kind of zeitgeist <laughs> like mm-hmm. we maybe kind of kind of understand it now so yeah maybe maybe that that tone will be lost in the future i don't know um but even you know this i'm gonna get this wrong but like the the doctor placed a hand on my liver and said your resentment's getting smaller like <laughs> i i just think that transcends like that it just i don't know it just cuts through like a direct line, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a feeling yes. and it gets straight through. You're not listening to it as a lyric. You're not, it's just, you know what that means and you understand that feeling and that, and that, and, and, and then the, the there's a, obviously within that piece of English, there is a, a perspective and there is a kind of a sense of sarcasm and a sense of kind of wit there, but then also like a kind of a deeper level that's like, you know, talking to obviously an emotional level of resentment and, you know, and, and obviously the connotations of, you know, the doctor placing her hand on your live like it means you're obviously they're getting checked in because you're worried. Do you know what I mean? And it, uh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, small which, sentence it, unpacks very wide, you know? I was just about to say the same thing. Yeah. It like, it, 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 um, it's like a severity kind mm. of a seriousness about the whole thing, even though it's playful. And yeah, the point being that so few words say so much mm. is, mm. That's, I guess that's very clever, that's, mm. you know, make, getting the most mileage out of what you're saying. That's like, that's the point of it really, isn't it? And, and even if it's not saying any of those things, allowing the listener to kind of uh, come to their own conclusions about what it is saying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So you can, you can, interpret, can interpret it in many ways. It keeps it kind of open. Um, so I, I like that actually. More, the more, more and more now you've said it. Um well, I think, uh, I know, and also, you know, as always, because I'm horrible, um, that immediately, you know, obviously I'm like, oh, okay, you know, you, there's, I feel like, <laughs> it's a sad thing to say, but I suppose like you're, for me, I'm always like, if I come across something like that, I really am hoping that it's the real deal. Like secretly, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I could be falling in love. I hope this isn't something... And I mean, maybe, I don't know if that would change my opinion. I'm not sure. It shouldn't. But I know that I want to know that she... Means it? She And and she... She... genesis that idea and crafted it by hand and tweaked it and got it exactly right. And that's exactly the case. And so you know, by all accounts, you know, that, that this is something that apparently these songs do take her a long time, being that she really does want to get these lyrics exactly right. Um, and again, her delivery... That's, ama- that's amazing. That's amazing though, because I hadn't read that mm. or hadn't heard that. Mm. But 
they set what's amazing the delivery is like the opposite it's yeah. got a it's like and i think it's on a surface layer when i when i first heard it and um maybe with the first album it's a bit more like that it's mm-hmm. it's got it comes across as simple kind of singer songwriter music mm-hmm. like folky really vibey really nice and if you don't think about it any further you don't think about the meanings and you don't think about the production mm-hmm. you can just take it as like a nice simple song yeah which yeah. work which works and mm-hmm. serves a purpose um yeah this is opening up a whole world for me I, I like sometimes i find that i just i listen to stuff and i don't really think about why i like it sure. which makes coming to something like this Mm-mm. more of a challenge i'm just like because i listened through both records and mm. was like i could i can pick my fav- favorites in seconds right. and tell you my favorite moments mm-hmm. but do i know always why that is like no. So it's really fascinating, actually. Um, I'm learning. We're all learning here. Oh, well, uh, excitement is all I have, Matthew, as you well know. Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, like I say, but for, I was actually more unaware of that first record. And so mm. um, I literally had that on the last couple of days. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I... Like working backwards, there's sometimes, you know, certainly from such a great album, when you go back to the albums before, you're like, oh, am I going to like this as much? Or is there a chance that, you know, I'm going to hear the kind of training wheels potentially? And I think for me, there is a tiny amount of, you can, I, I think I can, I feel like I can see the journey. Sure. And be like, oh, okay, those, these seeds kind of really develop even her songs into Punisher. Um, but I really found it no less arresting. I think certainly songs like Funeral and uh, uh, there was another one that I... Uh, oh, there's, there's a few on that one. Would You there's Rather, one. Smoke Signals. Um, I know yeah. there's like some bigger... Um, motion Sickness as well. Yeah, like the bigger singles, Motion Sickness and um, uh, Georgia. And yeah, Smoke Signals, I think are some of the bigger... And Scott Street, that seemed to be the, nice. the, the bigger... Yeah, motion, um, smoke signals, and would you rather on my list as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, like, and obviously with the... Uh, uh, I think, they're, and I think it's seemingly the same uh, producers as well on both. And it, so it's really nice to see that that journey kind of continues. I mean, personally, mm-hmm. I would stick to them like glue. Um, but it seems, having heard from them um, a few interviews over the last few days, um, like they just it just sounds like an absolute dream team and, and like the, exactly the people you want who are going to facilitate those ideas and really, and you know, for all you guitarists out there as well, what's, um, and well, for you musicians, the, what is so, again, uh, Phoebe, uh, a lot of her songs are in kind of quite varied tunings um, or altered tunings. Um, but what is so cool to see is like, for example, the attention to, the particular parts and certainly like some of the inversions and like even some of the voicings are incredibly clever um, mm-hmm. and incredibly rewarding and built to serve the song and tell a story. And and for me that, as you know, as a producer, like that's where the song starts. It's, it's those tiny ideas that blossom on a record start in that day i'm going to play you the second verse that little bit different i'm going to arrange that Mm -hmm. and the way i'm going to play this chord that's going to push a little bit more air it's going to maybe push my amp a little bit harder maybe it's going to push that into breakup maybe that means you might cut through a little bit more maybe i'm going to change the the rhythm of this maybe i'm going to change the inversion so that maybe implies another chord these tiny little seeds just like blossom and it is Mm -hmm. those tiny little elements changing so naturally as well uh, over those, you know, over the period of the song, like that just really helps. Like, again, what, what a dream to have this incredible lyricist and then have people there for all the right reasons, helping guide that story. And they're just, we get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know the story you're telling and I, I need to help you tell it, you know, and like, that's just so cool. Even I learned so many, even I, I learned um, so many things listening to the to the interview and, and stuff I really wanted to try and even just some different inversions on the guitar that I hadn't 
used before. Um, oh, that's cool. So yeah, we really, to, yeah so, so really cool. to, Whatever that video is. We'll oh, I'll link the, it below. Um, um, it's yeah. um, it's with uh, Jack Conti from Patreon. Shout out Patreon. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's his thing. And then, right. um, funny enough, um, they talk about a plugin, and then I actually ended up watching another video, um, about they wouldn't mention what the plugin is, and there's someone that's made a YouTube video trying to find this plugin, and they do. Nice. Um. Uh, and try and recreate um, Garden Song. Um, so yeah, so I kind of like fell down the um, the, the rabbit it's hole nice. with that. But it's so inspiring. I love stories like that where you 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 know you you get to sort of look behind the curtain a little bit, and it's everything you imagined it to be. And uh, that's kind of so inspiring for me to see at her yeah, level yeah. You know, as well. Definitely. But it also seems like now you're talking about like the team and kind of everyone working together that I was. Slightly unaware, but also uh, very enamoured, very pleased to find like the amount of collaborations she's done. Mm. Um, and because on uh, the song, which one is it? Would you rather? Yeah, there's a really good male vocal in there, mm. and I was like, oh, who is that? And little rabbit hole again. But it's Connor Oberst from who is Bright Eyes. Okay, um, and then I was like, oh, interesting. And then you look into it further. She's done like guested on about loads of his tracks before yep. on a couple of albums yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff with Hayley Williams a song called um, Roses Lotus Roses Lotus Violet Iris which I really like I've put that in the playlist mm. um, but with also with Connor Ober she has Better Oblivion Community Centre okay, uh, which is like a spin-off band who have an album uh, great song on there called Chesapeake and um but yeah, it's stuff with the 1975 with Lord Huron, uh, loads of people. Um, so yeah, I was quite. There's a bigger, a bigger world kind of to explore that I wasn't as familiar with. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's nice to see her bright, recognized. Bright, you know. Say again. Nice to see her recognized as well. You know, like you'd hope that just doing that record is enough. You know, <laughs> like for people mm. within the industry. You know, and I've, I've seen her go up and sing with loads of artists and stuff like that as well. And she's obviously seemingly the, I mean, like I say, uh, uh, what an impossible record to, to, I don't know how you'd go and trump that. I, I, you know, that makes sense that she would take that left turn and go to the, do the boy genius record, um, kind mm -hmm. of after that, because. And she did know. a Christmas EP, which I thought was a fun, a fun move. Well, that's it. I feel like you'd need to, to just dispel any, <laughs> yeah. any notion of follow-up. Create, follow -up. create <laughs> loads of attention elsewhere, distraction technique. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, nice. it's, 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 I think it's perfect. I, I think, I think it's so perfect that record. It's, it's easily in my top five, maybe, maybe it may even be my favorite. I don't, I don't, it's, it's, I would, could not every song is magic and i think that's, that's mental not easy the only record i have ever said that about is dark side of the moon it feels like actual magic when you're listening well, that's to that like record. and also that's at this point that's kind of famously up there on the top lists or yeah whatever. yeah yeah but i think uh, I, I it's put this is a every element in its right place do you know, i think it takes a while though for things to get that level of recognition because uh, I think context has to happen first like events have to happen and time has to pass for mm. context to make sense you know like my example with Landfall India or whatever and mm. Arxy Monkeys continuing to shine throughout and a lot of the other bands falling to the wayside mm. like if if the wake of Phoebe Bridges is, is this big scene of loads of other copycats or just people inspired by or uh, happen to be making similar music at the same time who knows um, then only time will tell like where they go because her next you know Phoebe's next album could be terrible and then oh, everyone thinks yeah. differently do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. so yeah. you uh, yeah would that make you think differently about this I don't know I don't know it's true but it's it's um, it's funny I'm just as you're speaking I'm just going like They've huge statements, Andrew. I've got to say, huge statements. It's the truth, and, uh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Your it's your truth. Yeah. But the um, the because I I put it on mm. fairly regularly, right? Her music. 
and have done since I discovered it, you know, so many years ago, you know, ahead of the curve trendsetter over here. Um, but I never really just, I never thought about why. I just like it. Mm. And that's all, that, that was it. Ah. I never thought, I've never kind of just thought anything else of it. I was like, I just really, really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I think I do prefer the the second record, Punisher. Um, standout tracks on there for me. Kyoto, mm. Chinese Satellite. Chinese Satellite is actually probably my favourite with the s- strings, mm. the lyrics, and it's just a beautiful sound. Um, Saviour Complex and obviously I Know the End. They're my faves, I mm. think. But um, yeah, I've I've just not thought about why. So now I'm going to think about why and <laughs> do do the second layer thing. I think I think an artist has to like be in my ears long enough for me to then actively start learning more about them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, um, I think like also, you know, I think it's like it's it's selfish, you know, like it's not for me music is often like yeah like i i'm really looking for something to take me away you know like mm-hmm. I, I i am so grateful when something comes along and it's just magic and all i it's all i want to listen to and it's all i'll listen to for months mm-hmm. and then i won't listen to it for a long time and that's that's you know and for me it's kind of you know that's my job as well like I'm I'm looking to learn and um you'd be pleased to know actually I was teaching someone the other day bit of this yeah. is a bit of shinfo in this wonderful episode um <laughs> but we're talking about the sweet child of mine solo and oh, yeah. um I was like you know what I've never learned a solo by slash and I'm oh, wow. gonna learn that solo and I think it could give me a, a new appreciation of maybe have you started? No, not yet. I just, this happened no, yesterday. Have you, have you ever learned the uh, the main do 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 bit? I use that as a um, a fingering technique um, exercise because um, it's a really good one for learning to use the correct fingering when you're playing the guitar. Fine, yeah, because I've again I've never learned in a, in my high school band we covered it and another one, but. I was a rhythm guitar player, so I oh. just played the chords, which were well uh, easy. Shut up and play the chords, Hornby. Uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Stand in the background and get off the podium. But no, uh, surely, what you you certainly like play along at home. I thought that would be a big part of your interest. No, see, th- see, this is it. I've never, I, I'd play. I never really played long to Guns N' Roses because actually they do some weird like key shifts, which when it's I was e like flat, younger, right? it's just. Yeah, they're playing A flat, which uh, is, is fine, but then they they like change key a bit, and you like and Slash plays in weird scales anyway. He does Pentato- pentatonic me at sixteen or fifteen or whatever. Sure, just didn't didn't understand what was going on. So right. I, and I never really just sat and learned other people's stuff. So um, yeah, I never really jammed to them really. Well, here we go. Let's. That's it. Right. So from now on, this is learning Guns N' Roses on guitar with Matt and Andrew. But but Uh, look at those Phoebe Bridges songs. Yeah. What is so, what she is so great at is just a wonderful use of like kind of chord substitution and kind of like um, sort of like chord borrowing. Um, she uses a lot of like Dorian um, um, and essentially chords that within that scale should be either major or minor generally kind of flips them. What's great is, is that this kind of kernel of a song that she's written with this idea, the producers then are a genius at taking to another level by kind of arranging them and arranging their parts um, in very, very clever ways in order to kind of really reinforce those moments. And again, that's like, that's the job of a production is like to amplify and tell that story cohesively in a way that makes sense and, you know, kind of highlights the highlights and and mm-hmm. kind of um, creates space uh, and kind of maturity to enable the the, the, the climaxes to shine and the you know the dynamics to um, kind of 
I don't know, to not shine, to, 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 you know, you need, you need that space. You need to earn the space to have those big moments. Um, and they do so much of that centered around the songwriting and their particular parts and what they're playing and how full of a chord it is and what inversion of the chord. And so, or even, you know, not sometimes removing themselves and, and, and maybe sticking to kind of simpler versions of chords to reinforce what Phoebe's doing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so as a songwriter, like go and learn those songs. Like it is God level songwriting. It's so simple, but the sort of harmonic devices and uh, um, kind of like I say, this kind of chord borrowing thing that she does quite a lot is such an incredible songwriting tool to create really meaningful, interesting chord progressions um, that, again, have a real sense of melodic interest. The idea being that this chord that your ear would kind of indicate to you should be a particular way when it's either, you know, changed, major, minor, whatever. Mm-hmm. The idea that it gives you this, you know, this this new note information. Technically, it's kind of hinting at modulating maybe to another key or something like that. But for the most part, it's essentially just adding new information into the scale that wasn't there already um, and enables you to go somewhere with the melody and then hopefully the production all kind of supports that. You know, as a songwriter, amazing to learn. You know, I really have kind of tried to be, I think that that takes your appreciation for something to a new level. Um mm-hmm. It can have the opposite effect. I remember trying to learn corn and we all tried to do that, right? And then you're like, uh, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, not, totally, totally. I don't have a seven wonder, string, you know? I wonder if, uh, as you say, like, if she takes quite a while with her songs, how much of that is her? Like, um, I know she has writing she has partners. 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 Uh, whether she, you know, if you like writing on acoustic guitar or something, you might have it, the full, you know suite of notes that you're playing at one time mm-hmm. and then you know you might dissect them to a simpler guitar part and then other instruments picking up the you know to make the suite um so i don't know i wonder if because she, she seems pretty switched on and ed- educated or, or smart in her musicality you mm-hmm. know just clued up so um tony tony berg who's kind of the main head honcho uh, in their production um he kind of described her as being like a strange magnet for like life (laughs) and that she just gets it and things just seem to kind of gravitate towards her, you know, A, through her hard work, but also just seemingly as a person, these experiences and and kind of um, outcomes and these things just seem to kind of sort of, she seems to be some kind of magnet uh, for these things and, and kind of, just and obviously she's there you know looking to be a conduit to those things and be able to kind of internalize them and turn them into these songs um as far as i'm aware i think i've heard a few examples of her bringing songs i think kyoto used to be a much more relaxed song um and i think as a production they kind of introduced well let's make this a little bit more of a rock song or you know add a bit more Mm -hmm. excitement to this song uh, maybe make it a little faster um I think I know that was something that was implemented in Punisher. Certainly, the idea of maybe some of these songs, maybe we could. I think they were, you know, maybe the original demos were a lot more down tempo, um, mm-hmm. and so I think the production side was kind of like, oh, okay, let's see if we can create a bit more excitement within this. Um, which again, I, I think you know, none of them particularly feel that way. So that's that worked perfectly, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's you've hit the nail on the head there that's it all feels simple mm-hmm. i think that's the most the, the the thing i like about it it all feels super simple i like a little sing-along song mm-hmm. very uh kind of girl next door kind of uh road trippy very mm-hmm. campfire you know hiking up the mountains or just such a simple like everyday music but to know that there's it's intentional mm-hmm. you know that there's it's it's like that for a reason because it's been thought through it's just kind of nice to know yeah and i think that's the you know i think in the same way that good comedies 
are often some of the saddest programs. I think there is some other kind of dichotomy at play in that I think sometimes the simplicity of it is is a part of the delivery. Um, and I think sometimes, I think that's what makes her lyrics feel so emotional is that there are sort of analogies and some kind of fantasy. And sometimes it's a kind of, there's an element of kind of riding the bomb all the way down type feeling of this kind of apocalyptic element and kind of, you know, billboards on fire type thing. But then also there's a conversational aspect that sometimes the lyrics are just very on the nose. I think Mm -hmm. like in Kyoto, it's quite an uplifting song, but it's seemingly about her strained kind of relationship with her father. And I think it's like you missed his birthday by 10 days, but you get a few points for trying, I think, or something like that. Um, uh, uh, I want to kill you if you don't beat me to it. This kind of, I think, I think there's an alcoholism, alcoholism aspect to this as well. Sure. But some of the lyrics are very personal and seemingly very re- revealing um, and very on the nose. And, you know, I think there's a, I can't remember which song, but they're talking about Eric Clapton and they, she's talking about oh, having yes. a, a disagreement, but with someone and, um, and it's very like, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's very much like we had an argument until you made me cry and then I was mean to you. And it's like, it's very, it has a very diary aspect, but then it's like, but yeah, we but both agreed that, it was sad that his baby died. Yeah, but and, say the, the, the line before that is like, we all know this album was rubbish or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and then, but we're sorry your baby died. It's like, here's a little dig. Oh, and here's a bit of sympathy. But it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's also like, you know, it's, it's, for example, for me, it is that an album that it feels very similar to some of the genius of John Mayer's lyric writing. He is very smart for his own good, but for example, uh, to have um, a lyric such as "Father, be good. Fathers, be good to your daughters, because daughters will love like you do." Girls become mothers. No, girls become lovers who turn into mothers. So mothers be good to your daughters too. Here's a billion pounds. You know, like that is a billion pound lyric. It speaks beyond the words. Even probably while you're listening to me talk to it, you're thinking about, oh, my dad or my mum. Or maybe it's, you know, you're getting a li- you're feeling a little bit little bit inside, a little bit in the throat. Everyone can relate to that lyric. Everybody has some, whether you had, you know, you didn't even know your father and your mother. You're like, man, I wish my father was good to me and my mother was good to me. That you can relate to that lyric Mm -hmm. and it transcends, it it is like the film Arrival. It transcends the language and just goes straight into your you know, cerebral cortex and speaks to your heart and your bones. And with Punisher, I think there are so many moments that are as strong, if not stronger, that just cut right through. And there's a playfulness to it, but, and you need to have those moments. But I always, like, for example, that, that I always think of that lyric as just being like, and again, like the dark side of the moon thing, it's, it's universal. It's, it's, those, those, um, those madness, money, time, la la la, like still relevant now as it ever was, you know. Um, you know, I think even the Bible has uh, things in it that deal with technology and like the idea of apocalypse and nuclear war. Like, you know, <laughs> not, not that it has any relevance, but like the idea that those things and our concepts were, were around then before you know, our modern idea of them. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I also think there's some things that kind of just seemingly don't seem to go away, you know? Sure. Yeah. Everything's fairly constant. Mm. Nice. Well, yeah, we'll um, 
tracks will be in the playlist. Yeah, the whole album. Uh, just listen to Punisher. Just listen to Punisher. Listen to Punisher. <laughs> um, we'll we'll cu- curate a little chronology of sure. of highlight of highlights. So if you've if you don't know where to start, start there. Yeah, if you have um, some of the singles, I've I've not gone into the kind of one off singles. Um, yeah. But I have listened to the, the Boy Genius um, record, which is incredible, the, the latest one, um, which again features these uh, uh, Phoebe and Friends. Um, so again, that's kind of the most recent for her as well. So we could maybe find some tracks from that as well. Yeah, we'll put a couple of tracks from, you know, collabs in yeah. there too. Nice. Um, yeah, I did listen to the Christmas EP yesterday and it was uh, it's August here right now. Mm. And uh, I had to skip it. Listening to Christmas music just doesn't sit right when it's not Christmas. So not we, in we your might heart. not we might not include Christmas <laughs> stuff. Just FYI, sure. but it still is good. So re- listen to it later. Amen. There you well, go. Thank you, everyone. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, double thanks from both of us, and we hope you like Phoebe Bridges. If you don't know her, Get welcome. Know. If you do, enjoy more. Uh, if you want us to, you know, talk about other artists. Let us know who. Join our Discord to do so. Or even put us a message on social media. All links in the description box below. And check out our affiliates and our Patreon. If you want to become one, as in, well, either, really, do you can <laughs> look below. And we'll see you next week for more fun and frolics with another great artist. And bye. Bye.